Welcome to extraterrestrial reality. You know, uh, some of the best cases out there, uh, in, in, more so than just regular, you know, sightings of these things, of these UFOs, of flying saucers, of strange craft in the sky, is when they actually land and leave marks in the ground, indentations in the ground. You know, it's happened with uh, in in one of the most famous cases in the in the so- so- Socorro, New Mexico case from 1964, when a police officer, Lonnie Zamora, uh, saw one of these things landed. It was actually it was a, a egg shaped craft landed, and there were two little beings, you know, walking around it in jumpsuits. Uh, the thing took off. The the beings got back in the craft. The thing took off, uh, and then silently floated away. And uh, well. There, some of the vegetation, you know, in the area was singed. There, there were, and there were four indentations from the from the landing gear, uh, from the landing legs that were in the ground, and also there were footprints, little tiny footprints of these little beings that were traipsing around that he saw. But it's one of the one of the best cases out there. But there's a lot of cases out there, and actually that case was uh, the first case that uh, the. The late Ted Phillips, uh, who died in 2020, uh, he was somebody that, uh, for a good chunk of his life, he investigated, uh, you know, different, you know, la- uh, uh, trace evidence of when, when UFOs land. Like he would, he investigate these things. Um, in fact, uh, he was uh, he was the director uh, of the Center of Physical Trace Research, but. Uh, so he was that 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 got him in when he first saw that he 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 actually drove he was from Missouri he drove he drove to uh, uh, New Mexico to investigate this along with the late J. Allen Hynek who was uh, working for the government for the uh, Project Blue Book and uh, he investigated this case along with Hynek and that's they, he became interested when he first went into it he was you know he was a skeptic he didn't really believe this but when he saw start seeing the evidence like when he saw it Socorro New Mexico and uh, you know there's something there right something landed there something caused the the, the damage to the, to the vegetation something caused the the, the landing marks and the landing gear it wasn't you know uh, you know something obviously, you know was was there and took off just like Lonnie Zamora said but one of the more interesting cases uh, actually that uh, uh, Phillips uh, investigated happened in 1966 it's known as the Roaring River Missouri UFO case in which two, two deer hunters uh, <laughs> basically their campsite was was incinerated by a, a UFO uh, luckily they weren't there at the time but anyway here's uh, something I found on the I found on the ufocasebook.com, and I'll leave the link here. Uh, and here's here's what it says. It says, This case is unique in ufology for several reasons. Although there have been a number of eyewitness accounts of UFOs shooting beams either to the ground or at someone, the case from Roaring River, Missouri, has eyewitness testimony of personal items being destroyed by a beam or some other weapon from a UFO. The UFO in this case was seen and photographed. On November 22, 1966, the events of Roaring River, Missouri, the exact location was near Cassville. 
During deer season, two hunters were trying their luck. As one of the men returned to their campsite, he became alarmed when he saw smoke rising from the camp. He immediately ran to find out what had happened. He discovered the hunter's tent and other equipment totally destroyed. The tent was still smoldering. Also, some shoes and records were still smoking. One of the aluminum poles that supported the tent was singed but not burned. The aluminum cots inside their tent were melted. Oddly, the hunter's tent was set up under two trees, and being wintertime, the leaves of the tree were dried. The leaves showed no damage at all, indicating that the destructive force was a narrow beam. About 15 feet away was a dead tree with the top still burning. The witness then heard a low humming sound, and looking for the source, he saw an unusual object rising from the valley just beyond the burning tree. He was able to photograph the object only a few seconds after it left the ground, and managed a second photo a few seconds later. The entire tire sighting was no more than 20 seconds. The humming sound coming from the UFO intensified as it picked up speed. His last look at the object put it at about 40 degrees above the horizon. It was gaining speed as it left. The UFO was of an aluminum color reflecting the sunlight. Also, the witness saw what to him appeared to be a band around the center of the object. The UFO flew effortlessly as it moved into the skies. The witness walked the distance from his location to the area of the object, measuring approximately 300 feet. The object's diameter was estimated at 25 feet, being about 8 feet thick. Uh, and this article concludes, it says, There can be little doubt that the damage at the campsite was done by the UFO photographed by the hunter. And there were actually, he, had, he took a couple of snapshots of the of this object, very strange-looking UFO. And also, uh, there were uh, pictures that, that, that he took of the campsite. Uh, you know, the, 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 there was a tree that got uh, damaged by this, and also the, the, the burned-out campsite. So... Uh, Again, this is a great case of uh, of trace evidence, of physical trace evidence uh, because of a UFO. Uh, this is the kind of stuff that they do sometimes. You know, uh, this is this is a strange case. I mean, I don't know what why why did it this, what, why I mean was it on purpose that the occupants of this UFO decide to destroy this campsite on purpose? I mean, it, it's really strange that that this happened, or was it by accident? They didn't know anybody was there, and uh, you know it was just the result of this thing taking off and it caused this this uh destruction i guess we'll never know uh but and that's an interesting case but you know a lot of these cases that uh phillips looked into over the years you know you know these craft they they land they they, they singe the the, the singe the uh, vegetation uh, a lot of times soil uh you know you know this you know soil from around where these things landed is you know filled with minerals but then the soil like right beneath where these things were seen is like you know dried up you know and hard you can't grow anything now that's like devoid of 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 certain uh minerals all you know you know why does that happen but these are the kind of things that he investigated throughout his life and uh you know, again, this is something that the debunkers don't want to touch with a ten-foot pole. I mean, they don't have any explanation for it. In fact, their explanations would, if they were to try to come up with something for it, it would sound re- more ridiculous than the than the idea of a, of a flying saucer landing. Uh, but you know, again, the, a lot of these cases that Phillips uh, investigated involved multiple witnesses. They were the best cases. Uh, you know, there were multiple witnesses saw something landing on a, on the ground or hovering near a ground, and then he would investigate it. You know, look for physical trace evidence as actually proof, evidence, evidence. 
evidence you know that's what they the ufo debunkers don't like ever they hate evidence hate evidence you know you don't hear them talking about these cases i mean what are they going to say the only thing they could the only thing they'll do is something like this oh somebody's lying you know it's all made up you know because they don't have any they don't have anything you know to respond to this but uh i guess again the, the what's interesting about this is the fact that you know you w- w- Two hunters. I mean, imagine being out in the woods. You're, you're you're hunting, and you know, you know. Luckily, you you know, hunters. You know, these days everyone has a cell phone. But you know, before the days of cell phone, hunters they like to carry a camera along with them because when they if they get that prize buck, uh, you know, they have something. You know, take a picture there. You know, you know, showing their. You know, they could take back and show the family. Uh, but uh, you know, it's interesting. Can you imagine hunting and just something like this happening? You know, seeing this flying saucer flying away and your whole campsite's burning up because of it like well you know <laughs> luckily they weren't in there you know they would have been smoldering along with all the other uh wreckage anyway we're gonna take a quick break and uh we'll be right back this episode is brought to you by snapple Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Okay, moving on. Uh, on Twitter uh, yesterday, there was a guy who left a comment, uh, a former federal government official. Uh, his He goes by the handle uh, Marek VR at M. Von Ren. Okay. And uh, he, made a com- he made the uh, comment that uh, he says, I worked at the Pentagon. And this is, a re- excuse me, this is with regard to the Roswell situation. Uh, he doesn't believe that there's any way that uh, that, that could have been kept secret. He says, I worked at the Pentagon. It's virtually impossible for a report of this scope and depth to be a cover-up. Perhaps the cultural slash operational blowback and bureaucratic pain of the Roswell incident explains some of the Air Force's reluctance to engage on UAP. <laughs> That's laughable, laughable, okay? That's absolutely uh, a a lie, okay? For one thing, to say that they could not keep something like, you're going to tell me that uh, if something is classified as above top secret, which there's no question in my mind, Roswell would have been, above top secret as as well as other as well as the uh keeping secret the uh the reality that there's extraterrestrial presence on earth okay that would be above all of that would be above top secret we know this we know this there's people who work at nasa okay there's people who work at nasa that they're told they can't 
whenever there's ufos and stuff like that that's that's not you can't you can't tell the public about that that's 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 been a policy there for many decades okay um Air, airline pilots they're not allowed to talk about it if they do they'll lose they, they lose their jobs that's that that's been a policy for decades that's because the government the pentagon does they don't want anyone to talk about this or let any the, anyone in the public know about any kind of ufo encounters it's always hushed up and covered up and we, we know this because there's been different people in the military that's come forward throughout the years. The stuff that does leak through. But Roswell, the government, they did a pretty good job on covering that one up. And there's other cases they've covered up over the years, too. Uh, apparently, in 1941, there, there was a, a you know, alleged crash. Now, I mean, there's, just, there's not a, a, as much information with uh, this crash as there was with Roswell in 19, of 1947. But uh, here's a little piece on that. Uh, this was the uh, Cape Girardeau, Missouri case, uh, when in 1941 something apparently crashed, and there there was a, a handful of witnesses there, uh, <clears throat> and there was a actual a picture taken. Unfortunately, the picture went missing after years. But I'll, I'll read a little bit. This is off the UFOcasebook.com website. I will leave a link for it. But it says here, uh, <clears throat> one of the most mysterious stories of a crashed UFO and alien bodies preceded the well-known Roswell event by some six years. The case was first brought to investigators by Leo Stringfield in his book UFO Crash Retrievals, The Inner Sanctum. He opened a tantalizing account of a military-controlled UFO crash retrieval, which is still being researched today. The details of the case were sent to him in a letter from one Charlotte Mann, who related her minister grandfather's deathbed... Well, actually, her minister... Her grandmother's... It was, that's a mistake here. It was her grandmother's deathbed confession of being summoned... Uh, of her grandfather being summoned her grandmother actually told her charlotte man in, in 19 in the 1980 uh, in the early 1980s just before she died of her minister grandfather's uh, uh be, being summoned back in 1941 to pray over an alien crash victim out uh, crash victims outside of cape Girardeau, missouri and uh, his name was Reverend William Huffman, and he had been an evangelist for many years, but had taken the resident minister reins of the Red Star Baptist Church in early 1941. Church records corroborate his employment there during this period in question. After receiving this call to duty, he was immediately driven the 10 to 15 mile journey to some woods outside of town. Upon arriving at the scene of the crash, he saw policemen, fire department personnel, FBI agents, and photographers already mulling through the wreckage. He was soon asked to pray over three dead bodies. As he began to take in the activity around the area, his curiosity was first struck by the sight of the craft itself. Expecting a small plane of some type, he was shocked to see that the craft was disc-shaped, and upon looking inside, he saw hieroglyphic-like symbols indecipherable to him. He then was shown the three victims, not human as expected, but small alien bodies with large eyes, hardly a mouth or ears, and hairless. Immediately after performing his duties, he was so sworn to secrecy by military personnel who had taken charge of the crash area. He witnessed these warnings being given to others at the scene also. As he arrived back at his home, 
He was still in a state of mild shock and could not keep his story from his wife Flo and his sons. This late-night family discussion would spawn the story that Charlotte Mann would hear from her grandmother in 1984 as she lay dying of cancer at Charlotte's home while undergoing radiation therapy. Charlotte was told the story over the span of several days, and although Charlotte had heard bits and pieces of the story before, she now demanded the full details. As her grandmother tolerated her last few days on this earth, Charlotte knew it was now or never to find out everything she could before this intriguing story was lost with her death of her grandmother. She also learned that one of the members of her grandfather's congregation, thought to be Garland Fronneberger, had given him a photograph taken on the night of the crash. This picture was of one of the dead aliens being helped helped up by two men. Charlotte Mann gave, in her own words, an account of what she knew for a television documentary. Uh, some of the account, which then she gives this account, you have to read, it's a pretty long account. But basically, this Charlotte Mann had claimed to actually see this picture, but somebody in the family, a family friend named, uh, some, some guy named Fisk, apparently, Walter Wayne Fisk, had, had requested the picture. He wanted to see it, and he never returned it. And then, when investigators tried to contact this person about the, he he wouldn't uh, give them any information. It's un- very unfortunate. It would have been if they would have had that picture. That could have been a, could have been a smoking gun, perhaps. Probably not, because I'm sure people would say it was fake anyhow. But regardless, it would have been neat to see that picture, you know, if in fact it existed. But I mean, this is another incidence where. Uh, if this story is true, it, it, you know, uh, there's just not a lot of information on it. There has been some uh, uh, some books written about it, uh, and uh, it's very interesting. But it's just there's not as not nearly as much of uh, corroboration for this as there is for the Roswell incident. But it would be nice if there were, was more uh, to this than, than than we have. But again, it, it, it sounds you know it sounds like it's par for the course, though. I mean. Uh, you know, government officials showing up saying, hey, you can't talk about this. This is a secret uh, national security, blah, blah, blah. Same thing with Roswell. It doesn't seem like there were any death threats made to anybody here like in Roswell. But, uh, you know, there were, you know, people told, people were told basically not to say anything. I'm just trying to understand, though, in 1941, how strange this much of, much this something like this must have seemed, you know, uh, would you know? I mean, like, say you show up at a crash site in 1941, and you know something. There's bodies in 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 a, in a flying saucer. I mean, at that time, nobody talked about flying saucers. Flying saucers didn't become a thing until 1947. Now, of course, there were UFOs before 1947, but you know, it wasn't as they weren't as prevalent. They weren't as noticed as much until 47. Uh, I mean, I mean, apparently all through, you know, th- these things have been documented through the centuries, actually. I mean, there's uh, ancient times, you know, f- as from what we could tell. But it wasn't really until 47 where we really start taking notice. But then again, that could have something to do with the, the fears of the Cold War. So people were, you know, checking the skies a little bit more because there was a fear of attack from Russia by this point. But, uh, you know, you have to uh, try to imagine, if, say, say this is true, this uh, this this story. You know, seeing uh, alien bodies in 1941, like how, like you're trying to, I, I, it'd be so hard to trying to wrap your mind around it at that time. I mean, you just never heard of anything like this before. I mean, did they even at first? When you look at this, I mean, maybe you're thinking, well, maybe they're just foreigners and they're just, you know, this is what you know. <laughs> what would you be thinking? 
you know, maybe there's people that actually look like this somewhere in the world and we didn't know about it at first. I mean, you wouldn't be able to believe, you wouldn't be able to really believe that there's something from outer space that's coming here. But I'm sure that if that if this story was true, I'm sure that at some point the government would have had to come to that, come to a conclusion. Oh well, I guess there's things from outer space coming here. But again, there's just not enough information. You know, there's not enough. You know, this story is very difficult uh, to corroborate. I mean, it's not like the Roswell story where you know there was a lot of different witnesses. Here, there was a handful of witnesses, if that. You know um, that you know, and they're all secondhand, thirdhand sources. So. You know, but again, it's interesting that, uh, okay, I guess the point of this is, is if if this is real, obviously no one heard about it until the 80s and they didn't come out, you know, nobody really talked about this until years, years later. So, uh, so yeah, I guess things could be covered up. The government could keep secrets. They obviously kept secrets at Roswell till to this day, they're still keeping secrets. And I want to say one more thing. About 16 or 17 years ago, I was at a Halloween party, um, and I don't care. I'll, I'll talk about this now, but I there was somebody there that was a retired CIA operative, and this person told me, well, I, of course, uh, <laughs> as you could probably imagine, someone like me, when you're, when you're around someone like me, that's the topic of UFOs is, you know, very likely to pop up, and obviously it popped up in this conversation I was having with this uh retired cia guy and uh he he, now he didn't say anything outright right he didn't say but he he said yes that's he just he 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 indicated that yes there's something he made it sound like yes there's something extraterrestrial behind it so obviously this guy seemed to know something unless he was just lying to me right but uh who knows i guess i I just want to throw that out there but again this guy on twitter Okay, and there's a lot of people on Twitter like this. I mean, there seems like there, there seems I've been noticing a lot, and a lot of these people post in, in in UFO Twitter and UAP Twitter. A lot of these people just can't help themselves. A lot of people that don't believe in this kind of thing, who either are debunkers or they're useful idiots or they're uh, I who knows what they are. Okay, um, but they can't help themselves. They have to get the word out there that that. that, that there's no way that's possible you know you couldn't cover something like this up and you know or or that it's 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 not as fantastic as a lot of people make it sound and you know you know (laughs) there's like some sort of effort it seems that's been going on on twitter by certain people or or maybe it's maybe they're all working in concert with each other uh, from be, be between debunkers, between some former government officials like this guy, apparently, uh, there's an effort out there to try to uh, make the uh, the the whole make this thing sound reasonable that there's no such thing as extraterrestrials, and if there is, it's not as fantastic as some people make it sound. Well, I don't know what they're talking about. Okay, I, I don't know what they're I don't know what they're they're trying to accomplish here. Um, you know, it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Now, this guy, this, he goes on, he has a couple other tweets here, too. He says, he goes on about Roswell. He says, the sheer amount of documentary evidence, logs, diagrams, personal journals, journals key interviews, etc., along with the fact that other Project Mogul equipment was re- recovered by ranchers around Roswell in June 1947, make it extremely difficult for me to believe it's a 75-year cover-up. Uh, well, I'm sorry to tell you, buddy, but uh, 
you know, here's the thing. There, there were balloons that were found by people out there sometimes, right? They were balloons, and, and they would call, contact the Air Force and say, hey, there's some, there's some balloons out here in Atlanta, and they, the Air Force would come and retrieve them. But you had, you had officials like Jesse Marcel, Jesse Marcel, right, who was the, 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 the guy was the top intelligence officer there at the Roswell Air, Air Base, he was a top intelligence guy. He, he, you're going to say that he couldn't uh, he couldn't differentiate between a balloon and something from outer space, a metal, right? The, it's totally bogus. It's like you dug this guy. They make comments on, online. They they don't research anything. They don't read books. They don't they they don't they'll go by the Air Force reporter. They'll go on to the Skeptical Inquirer and read something by uh, Joe Nickel or or Michael Shermer. I mean, and then go and that's their that, that's what they believe then. And those guys, they never did any research on this, not any real research. You know, there were no witnesses to a balloon. I mean, there were so many people that saw either fragments of it or bodies or both. And there was lots of second and third hand witnesses on top of that to Roswell. And then the guy goes on. He's there. Nor is there mentioned. This is a good one here. I like this one. Nor is there mention of the June fourteenth, nineteen forty-seven incident by signed Grudge Blue Book or any other contemporaneous documents. Roswell only became a story three decades later. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't June fourteenth. Anyhow, it was in July. It was early July when this happened. Okay, well, I don't know where he's getting June fourteenth from, but anyway. Uh, it's, he said, and it goes on, it's surprising the United States Air Force is reluctant to re-engage on UAP, but also a good example of Congress moving the needle. But anyway, going on with regard to what, what's he saying here about that that Roswell didn't appear in, 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 in sign, grudge, or blue blue book. Okay, there obviously, the, the, the situation with Roswell was, that was, that had to be classified above all those things. People that were part of Sign, Grudge, Blue Book, they didn't have access to, 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 to Roswell. That was, that obviously had to be uh, put in the hands of a, a very small elite group. That was it. If you're going to keep, keep that secret, then you can't talk about it. And all those soldiers, right, a lot of different soldiers, right, had, had, had over the, you know, during the during the uh, investigation into this in the eighties and the nineties, a lot of these people—they're all most of them are dead now. I think probably all of them are dead now. Uh, a, a lot of people, you know, gave their little segment of the story, and a lot of them said they saw this or they saw that they saw bodies. Some of them, some of them saw. Some of them were part of the the, the crews that had to go out to the desert rip more than once to clean up the wreckage, the wreckage that was scattered over a vast area. And it wasn't balloons, balloon material. You know, if it was balloon material, there's no way the Air Force would have made such a big deal about this back then. And in fact, the guy, Walter Hout, the guy who sent out the press, the original press release, he was told to send out the original press release to say that it was a flying saucer. And then later on, they had it. They changed that to say, no, it was uh, it wasn't. Uh, they said it was a weather balloon. But he he signed an affidavit several years before he died, a sworn affidavit saying that he that, that it was from outer space. He said he saw the stuff. He saw bodies. So I, these people just don't do their research. So they, all they'll do is they'll sit back and say, well, he's obviously lying. Well, why would you lie? Why would you sign an affidavit like five or six years before you die not to be released until after your death? Why would you do something like that? Sign something like that. Why would you do that? That doesn't make. Why would anybody on their deathbed make statements like this? And there's a lot of deathbed. It wasn't just him. There's multiple deathbed confessions, and a lot of them are actually 
Uh, you'll find them in uh, Roswell, The Ultimate uh, Cold Case Closed uh, by Donald Schmidt and Thomas Carey, right? If you were to read that book, there's a lot of different deathbed confessions that they've uh, compiled from different people that uh, were inv- played some part in that whole Roswell situation. Again, the people, like it's just maddening. It's maddening that Roswell is just uh, basically treated like, like it's like a joke by so many different people without any knowledge. It's like this guy, it just doesn't make any sense. Like this person here on, on, on Twitter, and there's a lot of them. They're all over the place. <sighs> it's just... Yeah, it's just so upsetting, you know, that that people are just like, again, I, I don't know what the purpose of this is like, OK, oh, my opinion is I don't believe it. Right. You know, you think these uh, these skeptics, they're like they're people who, you know, I, I don't know. They, they don't want to believe this and, and they, and they want to make sure that that their beliefs are you believe me, you believe me, you know, or, you know, you're dumb if you don't. It's actually you're dumb. You're dumb. You're the one who's dumb, right? For not for, for not redoing the research. Do all the research. Weigh the evidence. Don't just sit there and read something out of the uh, skeptoid, right? And then just oh, that's that's what happened. Get 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 the other books. Get the other uh, data that's out there. Do do your own research. And don't, how could you just go by what the Air Force is telling you? It's just so. It's just there's more to Roswell. There is more to Roswell. You need people need to wake up and 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 you know and look into this. Stop making fools out of yourselves on 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 Twitter with this. You do do some research and then you would know. I mean, anybody who were to, who was to do this research would, would would most certainly, if you were to do the research on this, you would most certainly walk away with a different understanding. You would, you, you couldn't deny it. It's hard to you. How could you deny it after you read it? You had multiple people coming right out. Nobody, there was no witnesses to a balloon in this situation. None, none. Anyway, okay. Moving on. Um, it's uh, yeah. I, you know, some of these people, these debunkers, right? I, I, it's you know I just I I know I talk about them a lot but but you know they're a problem I mean I think it's actually a cult there's a cult I mean they're they, they accuse online a lot you'll see debunkers talking about the UFO cult it's a cult people that believe in UFOs like people like me I, I'm assume I would be thrown into this uh, this cult that they're talking about I would be part of this cult that they that they imagine to exist but actually I'll tell you who the, who's a member of the cult it's the debunkers themselves these people who are hell-bent hell-bent on not believe just closing their eyes to to, to to the evidence okay they they close their eyes close their ears they're like the monkeys in, in the picture you know the three monkeys you know covering their mouths their ears and their eyes you know like you try to show you try to show them something you try to explain something to them you try to show them the uh, the historical background of different cases uh you try to uh they just don't want to read it they're like i i don't know what you're talking they have they put their hand over their eyes like i don't know what you're talking about i, I can't see anything i don't know what you're talking about i don't see it i don't know where you're where, i can't see it you put you, you're not showing me anything that's because you're not looking you're not looking that's what they're doing it they, they, they're absolutely completely absolutely fooled they're complete foolish it's just uh, it's 
So, so the, the, they're poisoning, they, they poison the minds of people who were on the fence on this. That's what they do. They poison their minds. They, they try to make the UFO, they still, to, even without, even with the Pentagon stuff coming out, the Pentagon coming out saying that, yeah, there are objects out there we can't explain. To them, not, now, they're, they're starting to think there's a conspiracy theory that, with regard to the, they're the ones saying there's basically a conspiracy theory now. You know that 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 though maybe the Pentagon's doing this for some sort of control reasons. That's foolish. For one thing, right? There obviously there's a conspiracy by some some group within the government, some faction within the government to keep this reality uh, that there's an extraterrestrial presence on Earth secret. There's been no question about that. There is no doubt about that. If you did your research, if you looked into this, if you studied this whole thing, looked at the history of it, right? Again, I, I can't say much. I, I always bring these books up a lot. Uh, UFOs and the National Security State, Volumes 1 and Volume 2 by Richard Dolan. There must read books. I mean, it's an education. It's an education. It's, you know, it's if you want to enlighten yourself, right, read those books rather than go on the Internet and say, you know, I just don't think it could be this or that. You're, you're not you're you're, you're, you're pretending you're trying to set yourself up like some smart guy on the Internet. Right. But you look stupid to somebody who's done research. Like to me, these people who talk like this, or they're not sure they, they, they a lot of them sound smart. They, you know, there was this uh, some people up there, they'll they'll. they'll you know they they come off as intelligent people. They know how to write, and they and they and they really do a nice job of of presenting their case. But they, 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 at the same time, in the whole final analysis, they're complete idiots. They look like dum dums to me, dum dums, because they haven't done their research. They just they don't do enough to to, to enlighten themselves on this situation. You know, it does. It could seem like it's fantastic, but it's really not that fantastic. It's not that fantastic that there's beings from other planets that are coming here from someplace else. There, there's nothing that fantastic about it. It's just, it's just the way it is. It's just like it's just it's as fantastic as we are here as human beings, right? It, it, it is. It's fantastic, but I mean, this is you know. It's not as fa- it's not any more fantastic than our own existence, right? That it's it's just that they're 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 the ones that are coming here are obviously more technologically advanced than we are. You know, obviously the the civil whatever civilization that they have is actually it, you know it had more time to evolve and, and reach a different plateau than where ours is right now. That's all that's going on here. It's not science fiction. It shouldn't. You shouldn't think of it that way. It's not. It's not some sort of science fiction movie or story. Or it's. It's not. It's science fact. There's something here. And and by continually uh, closing your eyes to it, you know. Oh, I don't see. I. I know. I, I don't know what you're talking about. That's because you're not looking. You're not looking. You're not studying this situation. You, you know. You. You've. You've actually fallen into the, uh, what you're trying to. You're basically projecting. You are projecting, right? You're projecting, you know, the the cult that you have become part of onto the people that are serious about this. That's what's going on here. You're in the cult, not the not the people. Now, let me grant it, right? There are some nuts out there, right? That okay, we, we how, heaven's gate, okay? For as a for instance, right? There's a lot of different things like that out there, right? Uh, but for the most part, right, people who are serious about this, people who have studied the situation, understand, understand 
that there is something going on here. There's something coming to this planet. And, and it's just, you know, I'd like to know more about them. I'd like to know what they're up to, right? Are they just here to observe or are they, are they uh, manipulating us in some way, right? Are they the ones who put us here? There's a lot of different questions, no answers. And, and you know what? The problem is there would be some answers if our government, you know, because of most likely the top reason, because of defense concerns, because they feel like, okay, we could uh, reverse engineer this. Uh, we can't tell the public about it. That's probably the top reason. And, of course, there's other reasons, too, religious concerns, uh, you know, the stock market, who knows. There's probably a ton of different reasons that they don't want to uh, come out with this information and they're keeping a secret. But it's not right that they're keeping this secret. And it's not right that they've been keeping it secret for all these decades. It's insane. It's actually insane. But, uh, again, I, I think people out there, you know, you're in a cult. If, you, if you're going to continually uh fool yourself like this you look like idiot like some of the statements i see see out there written by some people some smarty pants out there that think they're smart uh on this they're, they're smart in other ways a lot of them right but not when it comes to this you look like idiots you look like total morons that's what i gotta say you look like morons when you talk about this because you just don't know what you're talking about you just not have you have not done any research you're you come off like the michael Shermers and the joe nichols it's like it's like you're basically uh, whatever they told you to think that's what you're thinking you you're not thinking for yourself on this do you do some research and then be, then you'll be able to think for yourself on this